0: Welcome to the AP podcast. Today we have Hunter with us. Today, welcome, Hunter.
1: Thanks for the invite, Austin. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man, I'm super excited to get going with you because we're having um, somebody on the show today. Going to explain pretty much if it fits your macros, um, flexible dieting, and what the basis is, what the truce, what the fallacies of it. Um, and then uh, I think it's going to be a great, fun, packed uh, podcast. So, Hunter. First thing, tell us a little bit about yourself. You kind of got into uh, some competing. Tell us about what all went down.
1: Yeah, so I have competed a total of three times. Um, Granted, I'm only 22. I turned 23 on the 26th this month. So I don't have a lot of experience competing, but I've definitely dabbed my feet into it. Um, My first show was uh, NPC physique, and that was in Missoula, Montana. and for that competition, I <laughs> like I was only training for roughly about two years before that, and um, I kind of like was scrolling through Instagram, and I started seeing these photos of, you know, people competing, um, mostly physique, because I didn't really I followed bodybuilding at the time, but I was obviously not bodybuilding style at that point. Um, but I started seeing more and more physique uh, competitors pop up, and I was like, hey, you know, I kind of want to try that. Um, So I actually found a local show in Montana and sure enough, I was, the show was seven weeks away. And on a whim, I just decided that, Hey, I'm going to do this. I've never stepped on stage before. I've never competed or dieted like that before. And um, that's kind of like what sparked the interest of getting into the competitive aspect of um, the bodybuilding side. Um, And before that, I, I had followed basically um, a bro diet of, like six meals per day. um, Kind of just the same foods per day. Um, You know, same breakfast, same uh, snacks, same lunch, et cetera. Um, But I kind of wanted to do something different this time around. And I started doing my research um, actually on bodybuilding.com. And that's when I discovered Lane Norton, which I'm sure a lot of you guys know. Um, He's kind of the guy that started the flexible dieting aspect. And I just started doing a lot of research on macros, calories, different diets. I looked at the keto diet, um, and just kind of the science behind of uh, like what do I need to do to gain weight or shred weight, um, and all that. And that's where I found um, that lane was um, kind of pushing this flexible dieting aspect of um, if it fits your macros. Um, but that term is kind of died out now. And I feel like it's a lot of people are saying flexible dining because it's a little bit more, um, appropriate term, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's um, what I just, is, is, it seems like the, it's like a, something that you can blame it on or something to say, you know. It's an excuse if it fits your macros. Like it fits my macros, right? So I can eat it. So I think it's different, exactly. <laughs> flexible dieting. Like the the true tactics behind why you're doing that, right? Yeah,
1: and I, you know, there, it kind of got this bad rap because a lot of people were, you know, the whole Pop Tart thing. I feel like it's <laughs> like got correlated with it fits your macros, and somehow like everyone was like, well, you know, you're just eating crap all day. And you know, you're just gonna eat pop tarts. And that's not that's honestly not the whole um, aspect of flexible dieting. Um, um, because I, I feel like you, you got to follow this 80 20 rule. Um, so I know which foods work best for me, um, which carbohydrate sources work best for me. So I interchange my carbohydrates out to basically fuel my workouts. And then I also have that remaining 20% of, okay, if I want a bowl of cereal, or, you know, if I want that cookie or whatever, I can still fit that into my diet, but not feel bad about myself as well. So um, I did, I, like I said, I never had done flexible dieting before this show. Um, I never had any experience dieting. It was just a bro diet of, you know, a set amount of calories and a set amount of meals per day. So honestly, when I first started this flexible dieting, I downloaded MyFitnessPal. Um, that's what the article said uh, in Lane, Norton, Lane Norton's article.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, you know, I, I set up my calories for what I thought they should have, you know, they should be for myself. And I started tracking and it was really crazy because I, I felt like I was cheating myself at first because I'm like, I'm eating these foods that like people have classified as being bad, you know? But it was funny because after the first week, I didn't really lose any weight, but um, I just stuck with it for the next week and the week after. And slowly but surely, I noticed like my body composition started to change, you know, started to lose body fat and everything. But another important aspect of it was that I, like, when I was following that bro diet, I had these intense cravings for foods that I really wanted. But it was like, I can't have those, you know, because I got to follow a strict plan. Um, but with the flexible dieting, it was like, okay, I can, you know, I, I like to view flexible dieting as like, you have a certain amount of money per day to spend, you know, which is your calories, you know, and you, you have to spend your calories, you know, wisely throughout the day. You just don't want to blow all your money, you know, before 12 o'clock and be, you know, out of calories at the end of the day. So, and I kind of like, that's, I, I discovered that at first because I you know, I wasn't perfect obviously at first and I've gotten better over the years, but Um, just planning my days out or, you know, realizing not every day is going to be perfect when you're tracking calories. But, um, I just started, you know, tracking my calories following the flexible dieting method. And, um, I never had like a set number of meals that I had to consume per day. It was sometimes four meals per day. Sometimes it was, you know, if you go all the way up to like eight, you know, just meals and snacks, it
0: honestly just depended on the day and how I was feeling. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. No, I really want to go into it because there's probably a lot of people. Well, I've had a lot of people contact me say, you know, did I do the ketogenic diet? Should I do Atkins? Should I do, you know, how do you do if it fits your macros? Like, you know, everybody wants to do fad because they think that that thing is going to be this magical thing that makes them lose all the weight. But exactly. I think flexible dieting is probably the basis of the basics, like mm-hmm. literally tracking calories in calories out um so with you and also hunter is a dietetic student so i'm sure that he's very involved and knows a lot of the science behind it and that's why he probably switched is because he understands that there is no one way to skin the cat you know he's finding what's best for him so uh hunter kind of walk through you kind of said you set up my fitness pal um how how was that like tell us what is that and and tell us how uh, like about calories and macros so, MyFitnessPal
1: is basically a calorie calorie tracking app um, that's on both Android and iPhone. Um, basically, to make it simple, is you can scan barcodes of food, um, you can input food manually, and um, you basically to start tracking your macros, you have to have two things: you have to have an app as such, or and you have to have a weight scale to track your food. Um, that is like once you have those two, then you're set to start tracking macros. Um, and for me, like, um like I said, I use my fitness pal, and I just I didn't use the calories that my fitness pal told me to use or the macros, so because they give you a set number of calories, yeah which are
0: yeah they they probably yeah. give you the the um if they're the. The recommendations, um, like RDA, yeah, yeah, RDA <laughs> of like ten percent protein or fifteen percent protein, thirty uh, yeah. percent fat, and then the rest, like what is that? Six so sixty percent uh, carbs or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely
1: not like if, from my information when I plugged it in, um, you know, because at the time, well, even now I, I weigh one ninety five and it, I think it had me at like one thirty protein or like even one ten, which is You know, for a normal person, you know, it may be okay. But for an athlete like myself and you, it's not going to be an adequate amount. So um, the way back in the day, (laughs) you could actually adjust your your macros and everything down to the gram on MyFitnessPal. And then um, Under Armour actually bought the app and they started making it where it was a pay for subscription. Um, So in order to change your macros or the macronutrients down to the gram, you have to pay per year. Um, but what I found is there's actually a way to get around that. And that is just setting your calories to a calorie goal of zero. Um, but you have to know mentally, um, your carb, fats, and protein goals for the day. So that's a way to get around that is, you know, just set your calorie goal at zero. You get away that around that, um, that glitch in the app where they want you to pay in order to set your macros mm-hmm. to a specific gram. So that's what I did is I just set it to zero and then mentally I know, okay, I need, you know, let's say 200 grams of protein, 400 carbs and hundred grams of fat. So, mm-hmm. okay. um, but basically, yeah, I just, um, I followed flexible dieting ever since. And, um, I've honestly, I've switched a lot of friends that have been bro dieting before. Um, and the guy that coached me actually has transitioned a lot of people that have, um, Follow this really super restrictive way of dieting, and he's gotten them into um, a flexible dieting approach as well. Because the whole theory behind it is if you're trying to lose weight, you're going to be in a deficit of calories. If you're trying to gain weight, you're going to be in a surplus of calories. Um, so, really, in theory, you could follow a flexible ketogenic diet if you really wanted to. Um, and that's kind of, you know, people are saying that the ketogenic diet is superior to all other diets because you lose fat, you know, the quickest or whatever. Um, but in theory, like, the basic metabolism is if, you, if you're if you in a deficit of calories, the body's going to lose weight. And if you're in a surplus of calories, you're going to technically gain weight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I say – well, I say that um, that – the thermodynamics of it, obviously calories in, calories out, is true if you're – like hormonal panel is is correct, right? Exactly. So yes, for healthy,
1: healthy individuals.
0: Yes, yeah, for healthy individuals, that's the key thing. Is a lot of people will play that card, and it's like, well, hold on a second. Some sometimes. So I don't want. This is why I say this is because I don't want somebody to be like, okay, well, this is what my fitness pal says. This is what I'm going to start eating. If I eat this, I'm going to lose all this weight. It's like, hold on a second. No. Yeah. For 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 the like the scientific backing and like a healthy individual, totally true. But say if you have hormonal problems or maybe like adrenal problems or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's where I see that <laughs> thermodynamics don't work no more. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, exactly. But, but what I want to ask you is like, go into how you like to structure, like how many meals, maybe the types of foods, what do you put in there? Or how do you like, like do you like to eat less in the beginning of the day? So you can kind of feel more satiated in the end. Or I know some people like to fit in actual intermittent fasting with the flexible dieting, but how do you like to do it?
1: Yeah. So that's actually a, uh, it's a really good question because I kind of did the intermittent fasting as well. Um, for me personally, I'm, I've never been a big like breakfast person. Um, so I've always almost sort of fasted, I guess you could say. Um, it's not a long fast. Um, but I've always normally fasted. Um, I would say until about 11 AM or even 12 PM. Um, and then that's when I start consuming my calories so and like I said, there's never like my days vary so much. it's never like it's four or five meals. um if I look back at the last couple of days that I've been tracking, it's probably been right around six meals that I have per day um and i I do space i try to space my protein out every two to three hours just to you know protein synthesis and stuff like that, um because I have read some research articles where. Um, it's obviously good to be consuming the protein every two to three hours to keep that protein synthesis high. Yeah,
0: yeah. Optimally, just kind of like sp- spike that protein synthesis and not just convert the protein to to glucose, pretty much. Correct. So,
1: um, I try to like. There is times when I don't eat for more than five hours, um, and it's just that's either because of work or school. So I do have to kind of make up on those calories as
0: well. Gotcha, gotcha. So it kind of just pretty much, um, fits into your schedule. So yes. that's the big thing with this diet is maybe people think it's about eating the pop tarts, but in reality, maybe it's more about, well, I can only eat this many times a day and I, you know what I mean? Like I got to meet my calorie requirements. So the timing of it is really helpful.
1: Exactly. And like, I mean, my meals, you know, for breakfast, it's, it's oatmeal and I, I mix Greek yogurt in there. Um, I'm allergic to peanut butter, so I can't have peanut butter. So I'll have to substitute that with uh, sun butter. But I mean, I eat like wholesome, you know, nutrient dense foods as well, because um, that's like a breakfast for for me. And then usually a lunch or you know midday snack would be you know rice, uh, a vegetable, and either um, on on a, really on a turkey grind right now. So turkey or um, um, Montana elk because uh, we have
2: ooh yeah. Benefit
1: yeah, we have the benefit of shooting elk out here. So, um, and it's, I usually do that or Turkey or, you know, chicken. So it's not like, it's not like I'm using a lot of, you know, whey protein or, you know, pop tarts that like a correlated with flexible dieting. Um, I still follow that 80 20 rule of like, you know, for me, like I said before, it's, I'm all about fueling my workouts. So I know which food sources fuel my workouts, what carbohydrate sources work best for me. And those are the ones that I implement into the flexible dieting.
0: It almost sounds like um, with if it fits your or flexible dieting, it sounds like um, it's essentially trying to be the same as a bro diet, the bro foods, because because you can't get past like the wholesome, nutrient dense foods. I mean, you can't get past like because it's a yeah. bro, food, you know that label. But it seems like maybe it's that is literally just taking the pressure and all the anxiety off of. I got to eat this much at this time, uh, every single day for the whole week. And if I don't, then I'm going to start losing muscle or I'm going to start gaining fat or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like releasing you. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to like be thinking <coughs> of food all day
2: long. Well, and
1: the way, <coughs> the way I like to think about it too, is, um, usually, you know, you, you follow that, the bro, I hate to call it the bro diet, but I'm going to keep calling it the bro diet, you know, all the bro diet from you know monday all the way because the way i did it is i had a cheat meal use sunday night um you know monday through halfway through sunday and then sunday night you usually go out and you know i'd have a you know a big pizza ice cream you know cookies or whatever so i feel like what is the you know what's the difference between just implementing a little bit of that huge cheat meal into you know that monday through sunday routine because and like you said it's it's very similar to a bro diet but you're just kind of swapping out different foods for what you normally would eat so you get that variety
0: yeah 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 so i guess with people then uh my fitness pal setting up macros do you see that um that you need to kind of follow by a certain guideline of macro percentages or is it kind of based on everybody's individual, uh, body? What can you gonna kind of go into that? Um, yeah, so I think it,
1: on, it really depends on the person, um, and how they perform. Um, cause I've seen some individuals that they prefer lower, you know, a little bit, uh, lower carb, but higher fats. Cause they perform better on higher fats. Um, for me personally with my type of body, I prefer a little bit lower fats and a little bit higher carbs. Um, That just suits me better. Um, Some people do like lower protein um, and then using those calories, you know, either on carbs or fats as well. So I really just think it depends on obviously the type of metabolism that you have, how you burn your calories in the gym um, and everything like that. Cause uh, like I said, for me, I, I did a fitness test at the school here, and uh, it was actually found that I burn a lot more carbohydrates than fats. Um, so it kind of relates back to why, for me personally, I perform better with higher carbs. Um, and to bet in a perspective, when I started dieting for the second two shows when I was 20 weeks out, I was, I started at almost 700 grams of carbs per day.
2: Hell yeah, <laughs> um, that's and awesome. We
1: feed every three days. so. You know, obviously that gets down, but I mean, the lowest I got for carbohydrates for me um, was about 225. Wow. Um, and wow! For me personally, though, I felt like crap on that 225 because I'm like, for me, I just used to so much more, and I can burn that many. You know, just a lot more
0: carbohydrates.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow! Well, that's crazy. I know, I know a couple people that are like you that have that just. Crazy metabolism for uh, oxidizing carbohydrates. I can yeah. get pretty. I can get pretty high, but not 700 grams <laughs> or more. But um, yeah, I had a guy that was pushing that 700 to 1,000 grams, and I was like, I just don't understand. So uh, yeah, my uh, my coach, we actually backloaded
1: me with about a thousand grams uh, the day before my show. So my body can definitely handle the carbs. <laughs> that's for sure.
0: Dang, do you ever see yourself like? Cause I mean, for a, for a weight gaining phase, then you're going to have to really kind of, unless you use other macros to try to fill in the gap for that. But, um, what kind of foods like for carbohydrates, because you're going to have to maybe have simpler carbohydrates to get it all in. Or what do you think?
1: Yeah. So definitely when my carbohydrates are higher, um, and I only do this when they are higher is I usually use, um, I use the Gatorade powder actually intro workout. Um, cause it's a quick, simple sugar and it's very easy to get, you know, 60 grams of carbs right in. And especially when you're starting to become leaner, that 60 to 80 grams of carbs in workout gives some sick pumps in the gym.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but food's like if your carbohydrates are fire or higher, you just have to find foods that don't have a lot of fiber in them basically that that fill you up. Um, so I usually just snack on rice cakes because those are obviously easy to mow down on, um, Gatorade powder. Um, I've used, um, some candy intra workout as well, just cause it's just another simple sugar and it's easy to get those calories in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think also once you, you kind of have to adapt to once your calories get lower and your carbs get lower, because it's like, you have to kind of get creative and that's kind of where it comes back to. All right. I have to kind of spend this, this amount of calories that I have per day pretty wisely or else I'm going to, you know, be suffering at the end of the day. So, yeah. And once you get to that point you get really creative with the type of foods that you make. And at that point it just becomes all about volume, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's going to ask you is, is, um, people think, so for example, when I put people on, uh, like nutrition based stuff, usually the first week they just can't handle the amount of food because you know, it's, I like to put in fibrous stuff or at least some, you know, get the vegetables in because they probably haven't eaten vegetables a lot. (laughs) And Mm so, so they think that they're eating like a crap ton of food and they're going to gain all this weight because they feel so full, but it's really, it's really just the food volume. Right. And it's the, it's the density of that, that food and the fiber. So yeah um, I guess, uh, I guess I want you to make it kind of a couple statements of you know, you can feel full and have all of these calories and you can feel full with all these less calories. Um the the feeling of fullness really doesn't um necessarily correlate I mean it doesn't causate the the amount of calories to fullness. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and so for me too, I guess um it's interesting because you you know, I'm kind of like right now, I'm I'm trying to, I've kind of lost my appetite just because I've been in a surplus for such a long time. Yeah. Um. And it's funny because I've been tracking and I get to, you know, six o'clock at night and I've only consumed 1800 calories when my goal right now is between 32 and 3500. So I'm trying to, um, basically, I want to cut back, you know, that cut down a little bit and gain that appetite back. Mm -hmm. So that way, when I go back into a bulking phase, I have that appetite, um, you know, to start gaining weight again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I actually went through the same thing about two months ago when I was kind of peaked out to my weight, uh, my gaining phase. It was, it's like, if people think that um, it's all fun and games, like you're eating all this food and like, oh man, I wish I was doing that. It's like, ah, once you get to, especially when you're like a fast oxidizer, like us, it's hard to get in that much calories, right? Um, yeah. so, and and then your hunger levels are like just messed up. So I had to kind of pull back, kind of go through a little tiny cutting phase so I can kind of get my hormones regular going again so I can be hungry. But, um, that's one thing is people don't, I just want people to know, like, you know, the hunger response. Yes. Like obviously reg auto regulation stuff, is going to kind of help with, um, controlling your calories. But I think that if they feel really full, they don't, they shouldn't feel guilty, right? Like yeah. guilty, like, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I just haven't eaten. I got to starve myself to, to lose fat, you know?
1: Well, and, and that's, you know, kind of goes back to getting really smart with how you use your calories for the day. Um, and when I got, when I got low for me, I, I switched to some big volume foods and it was, um, big freaking salads for me, you know,
2: Matt August. I,
1: oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt Ogus. That's where I would use like two or three heads of romaine lettuce. And I would throw cucumbers in there and carrots and spinach and just make this a big bowl. Because for me personally, I'm a fast eater. So if I have something that's not like a lot of volume and I eat it right away, I'm like, Oh, where did it go? Like it's already gone, you know? So yeah. making those big salad bowls, um, I could just like, I could eat kind of quick and then I would take a break, you know, and get that, I would start to feel full and then realize, oh, I still have a lot left, you know? So it kind of made me feel good about like, I'm getting full and I'm feeling satisfied, but I know like, I'm still going to be in a caloric deficit at the end of the day.
2: Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, And so I guess if you were to have some uh, advice for people trying to start the flexible dieting, what would be some main things? that uh, you would tell them
1: um so from what i've told people about when they first start flexible dieting is it's not going to be perfect at first and don't get frustrated because um, like when i first started you're going to be either over or way under on certain macronutrients um, and you may start to get frustrated like oh i'm not hitting these numbers right on the point and that just all comes with time and experience you know learning how to use those calories wisely throughout the day and how to manipulate, you know, I'm going to have this meal and add so much fat to this, or I'm going to, um, you know, incorporate these specific foods to help me reach these goals. So biggest one is don't get frustrated, stick with it. Um, The next one would be just, you know, do your research and, you know, figure out what works best for you. And that comes down to the food choices. You know, if chicken upsets your stomach, don't like, don't force yourself to eat chicken to make you, you know, just to think that you have to make gains off chicken, you know, use other protein sources. So I've honestly, like, I've incorporated some vegan foods and, you know, into the diet too. And I, like, I have nothing against vegan foods. I think they honestly taste really good. Yeah. And another one, it's just that variety too.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah. Well, that's what I kind of want to ask you is I've been seeing now, um, a lot. I don't know how it's been popping up in my feeds and stuff, but the there's a study about um, actually flexible diet. I think Lane Lane Norton actually put it up. I think uh, flexible dieting having a better impact for your micronutrient consumption rather than a bro split or whatever you know. Um, do you see that or do you? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that brings up a good point too because I think like okay, so you're following the flexible dieting and you're you're so like. Focused and driven on just reaching your three macronutrient groups but at the same time it's like you have to put emphasis and focus on obviously your fiber and then and obviously your micronutrients you know so that's where it comes into you're still like in a sense of following this um like a bro bro style diet you know you're just not gonna be consuming the pop tarts etc so you still have to kind of plan like you know Maybe, you know, if I'm low on vitamin C or whatever, like, you know, incorporate some fruits or, you know, if you're low on fiber, incorporate some, you know, foods, leafy greens that have that fiber, because that's still important. You you know, you're just, you will have a great physique probably off if you're following or reaching your free macronutrient groups. But at the same time, it's important to focus on your micronutrients too, because those make a big impact as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's um, a neglected thing is the micros and uh, fiber and stuff. And I think that's where the um, flexible dieting comes into play because if you have a bunch of uh, variety with your food, I think that's what it was kind of talking about is the the amount of variety was actually showing. Oh, can you hear me Hunter?
1: Yeah, I can hear you cut out a little bit, but you're back.
0: Yeah. Um, but the variety uh, actually helps with the diversity, obviously of the micronutrients. So, um, definitely I see that if you're, I'm, I'm not, I don't do flexible dieting. I mean, sometimes, you know, in an off season stuff, when I go in out social events, I like to, but with me, I don't, I'm just a little different because I'm more of a bro, I guess. But, um, that's, uh, something that I think is important still, even in a bro diet is to mix and match your protein sources, your carbohydrate sources, So it pretty much sounds like we're kind of doing the same thing. It's just a different label. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, but but yeah, I think it's very important for that because, you know, even if you have, I think you can even develop um, some sort of intolerances when you have the same protein source, like high amounts for days on end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's how,
1: um, that's why people react. Obviously like for me, I'm allergic to peanuts and it's because my body reacts to that protein that is found in peanuts. So there's definitely like people have developed allergies when you're consuming the same type of foods over and over and over and over. Yeah. Over a long period of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, people don't be scared of, uh, like I, I don't incorporate a lot of dairy, but for the flexible dieting, honestly, try it out. See if your body responds, try gluten, try dairy, try, try all the stuff that they tell you not to eat. And see if it works. If you're eating less exactly. calories, if it does. Yeah. And hallelujah, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's where it just
1: comes in. Like you just have to experiment with what foods work best for you. And if, like I said, if they upset you or upset your stomach or you, you know, develop an intolerance, like don't push yourself to keep eating those foods. Just you know, you don't need to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Well, I guess um, kind of hit it on all heads here. I think somebody could pretty much start my fitness pal. Calculate some uh, macros um, kind of how they like to eat um and then you kind of gave us some good info on how to go through what foods uh, it is similar to you know you still got to eat healthy obviously it's not like it's yeah. a hard deal i you know like you said you could maybe create a uh, a good physique like I know a guy that uh has competed um when i was when I was competing, and um he prepped in his carbohydrate source one prep was. Um, ice cream, just all of it was ice cream and he would, you know, <laughs> whatever he cycled or whatever. And, um, another, another prep, he, uh, used pizza. So, okay. you know, you can do the science obviously, but like nobody's going to want to be that particular and, and not everybody's body probably can handle that, I guess, you know,
2: but, exactly. but,
0: but anyways, um, I guess dude, like kind of wrapping the flexible dieting up, I kind of already asked you what your like tips but tell us, you know, if you were to start tomorrow, um, what would you do if you could go back and now you know the information or you know the information that you do now?
1: Ooh, boy, I've thought about this a lot. Um, if I could go back to when I started lifting,
0: if you could go back and start um, when you first started and you could change something uh, because of all the information you know now, what would it be?
1: Um so that the first like solid year was in the gym. Like I didn't know any better. And like, obviously my training, I, I was like, I'm just gonna go to the gym seven days a week. Cause that's all I knew, you know, and it was a traditional split of like chest on Monday, you know, legs and then like back and tries and shoulders, you know, and it was just a repetitive cycle of like seven days a week. That's what I did for a year straight. Um, And during that time too, it's like, I I hate a ton of chicken and rice, like to the point of where I didn't want to eat anymore. And I would just basically wash it down with water because it's like, this is what i got to do, you know? So honestly, if if I could go back, I would tell myself that, you know, you don't need to be working out seven days a week. (laughs) It's probably actually like limiting the amount of progress that you're making in the gym. Um, definitely get myself set up on a good solid program instead of just coming going into the gym and not really knowing what I'm going to do. Um, I never tracked my progress either until after that first year. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people need to do because it's like looking back to when I first started tracking and to see where my lifts were. It's really like, it's exciting because just like, you know, for example, maybe you hit you know, five by five on squats with 225. And then a year down the road, you're doing five by five with, you know, 285, or, you know, five by seven. So for me personally, seeing that results on the paper and seeing that progress over time, that's huge. You know, instead of just going into the gym saying, you know, I think I did this like a month ago, or, you know, last year, I think I, I think I hit this. No, like, actually look, like, look at the paper or look at your progress and see like, you know, and then you like give yourself a pat on the back and say, you know, go you. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah no. And actually, it's really cool because my fitness pal, I've been, I've been using it a little bit and diving into their uh, macro percentage, like the, the foods with the macros and how accurate they are. They're pretty accurate, um, honestly. And so um, they allow you to track that stuff you're talking about. So I think it's great because then it saves it. And so, yeah. You know, so like your weights, it'll show the timeline of your weight. It'll show the timeline of you can put in, I think you can put in exercises too. And, um, and put the weights and stuff like that. So in, in progress pictures, so I agree yeah. with you hundred percent there. So, and I,
1: I mean, it doesn't matter like how you track, like if you use an app, you know, I think a lot of people use, it's called rep count is a popular one. Um, I, you know if you use that if you use the note section on your phone if you use you know just good old fashioned pen pencil or a paper and pencil something like that whatever whatever you find that you can you know stay to the best you know just stick with that and just you know track that way but I've seen a lot of people that don't track and you know i it's not a bad thing, but I think like it definitely adds to that motivation and success in the long run of, you know, just looking back and seeing, you know, you said your progress photos, where your body weight was, where your calories were, what your weights were in the gym, um, just the type of exercises you were doing Mm -hmm. makes a big difference, honestly.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for, you know, coming today and, you know, spitting some knowledge on the flexible dieting. Um, I think coming out of it, people can get set up, uh, start with this approach and just stay consistent and just track stuff is kind of what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and like I said, too, when you start the flexible dieting, it's you're not going to be perfect at first. Um, and if you were perfect at first, then you've probably done it in the past because no one's going to be perfect at tracking their calories at first. They're either going to be over or under, um, you know, the three macronutrients, so just stick with it. Um, stay focused, um, be consistent. And you know, if you have a bad day, just, there's always another day. So just keep moving forward.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, I'm going to put up Hunter's, um, social media information below on the description box. I'm also going to put his, uh, email if you want to contact him, um, and ask him any questions about flexible dieting or about just dieting in general. Cause he, like I said, he's in uh, dietetics, almost done with that. So he probably knows a lot of info on that. Um, and also I'm going to put my contact information in social media. So if you want to give us both a follow, if you like us, if you don't like us, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, if you guys like this uh, podcast, like the information, there's a lot more on the YouTube channel. So give us a, a subscribe, a thumbs up, make sure to send us some DMs um, of some topics that you would like to hear about. So other than that, Hunter, my man, thank you so much for being on today.
1: Thank you so much, Austin. Appreciate it. it was yeah, man. We'll
0: have to do
2: it again. Okay. All right. All right. Thank I'll... you so much. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.